Hello and welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier, who is toughing out, I believe, a, a cold today. So Tyler, glad glad you're here and ho- hopefully you're uh, able to push through. Yeah, uh, it's that it's that season. It's that allergy season. Um, and it's it's you know, it's been uh, things get in perspective when you think about what happened earlier this week. I think, you know, just uh, like to maybe just take a second to acknowledge what happened Monday and uh, it's it becomes such a small community when you think about those things. And, uh, and a lot of people connected and I just, I want to offer our, our thoughts and prayers to everybody that was uh, affected by what happened at covenant. Yeah. Just an awful, awful day over there. So we're thinking about everyone that was affected, um, there in green Hills. And, uh, but with that, we are still going to go on today with the show and we, uh, we're going to talk about some spring sports in a few moments. Uh, but of course the football coaching news always keeps us busy too. And so we will talk to new centennial football coach, Jamal Stewart. That was the big news that broke last week. Uh, excited to talk to him about that move. Uh, before we get to his interview though, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee highway safety office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's go ahead and bring in Jamal. Now he's going to join us by video. Jamal, how you doing this morning? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, Jamal, take us through what this past week has been like. I know there's the uh, the excitement of, of taking the new job at Centennial. Congratulations on that. Um, what's that been like? Just kind of, um, I'm sure tons of people have reached out to you and, and congratulated you and everything. But uh, It was a lot of emotion, uh, high emotion, you know, because, you know, what we developed over here is it's something special, you know, being in the community, being in the school, just being in everyone's life and uh you know, when you made a decision uh, to further my coaching career, uh, a lot of emotions poured out, a lot of support, mostly support from everyone, and uh, just excited about the new journey. Uh, met with the the Booster Club yesterday, met Booster Club admin, and all the parents are very supportive and excited, just like me. So, I mean, it's a new journey, and I'm happy, and just it's just the other side of the railroad tracks when it comes to coaching athletics. Uh it's, it's very, very important to that community. So I'm excited about it. And Jamal, I know it was hard to uh, for you to tell those East Nashville players that you were leaving because of just how special that run was. And I know how close you get to your players. Um, what was it like just telling them uh, the news? And, and maybe you could use this opportunity to, to talk about what that journey was like now that it's it's kind of that chapter's come to a close. You know, I mean, like I said, this is home for me. I grew up in this 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 neighborhood, and uh, it was hard. It was extremely hard. You know, it was a lot of tears from my coaching staff, myself, players, you know, and even, you know, cheerleaders and basketball players. I mean, it affected the whole school. I mean, when, you, when you're when you here, you, you build relationships, just not with the football kids. And then, like I said, it's a family environment. And, you know, a lot of people was hurt. A lot of people was confused and don't understand. And I try to explain it to them, but at the end of the day, you know, I had to make a decision for my family and, and my career and things like that. And I had to let them know that it's not about them. Like, you know, I'm not choosing another some other kids over them. It's nothing like that. So as far as my career and making the best move for my family, I had to do that. And Centennial has been very, very uh, receptive to it. And they, they're excited. I'm excited. And there's no love loss here at East Nashville. It's always going to mean something to me. I'm still going to talk to the kids. I talk to them daily still. You know, with time, they kind of understood the situation. But at the moment, it was just gut-wrenching and uh, heartbreak and things like that. But they kind of they're kind of understanding. And I know they're going to get a, a great coach here to continue what we've built. But, uh, you know, Centennial's just – they're excited, man. Their community's excited. I am too. And my, my coaches are excited. We're just 
ready to get going. So, you know, it, it's it's a 30-day process when you transfer school. So we're kind of waiting on that. And so, you know, I'm reaching out, talking to them on the phone, things of that nature. But we're just really ready uh, ready to get another another good family start. So, Jamal, you spent the last 13 years or so uh, at Metro Schools, and I know you've had opportunities to go elsewhere, but um, why Centennial and why now? What made this opportunity the one that, that made you say, okay, I'm going to take that jump and, and try somewhere else? So, I mean, like I said, it was tough. It was tough. But, you know, like I said, when I went in the interview process, uh, Dr. Dyson and Coach Glass and Coach Moore, it was just a feel, uh, the, the community feel. Man. I mean, they, it was important to them. You know, the opportunity of how I'll be able to move freely without school building to check on my guys and the student body, I'll be the graduation coach. So, you know, that's that's me being able to put myself around the student body and put my hands on them and develop a relationship with them as well as my kids. And then the opportunities in the building for my other coaches. You know, I, I, I'm i allowed to probably bring four coaches at the time in the building. So they can build that culture as well. You know, they're a bigger school, so they have more teaching jobs and and in here, we don't have that many teaching jobs because we're a 3A school, so it's less teachers. So, you know, I was the only person in the building in East Nashville, other than my baseball coach, Coach Love. He helped me out. But, I mean, it was, it was just hard. It was hard. And they put everything out in front of me. And, they, you know, have a booster club has been tremendous. Like, they hands-on, they're working. So it's less work, more focus on football and my kids, and then fundraising and things like that. I We have an umbrella of booster club uh the cac they're doing a great job just connecting with the community and just connecting with me and what i need what do i need what do our kids need and things like that so they took a lot of work off me uh ripping and running the streets of east nashville you know trying to get fundraisers and things like that which they were very very supportive here but it's just less less of that more of focus on building a culture building a family and Centennial. jamal in kind of the midst of all this or maybe right on uh right before it your defensive coordinator chris simpson got the the job as the head coach at maplewood uh, what is maplewood getting with chris and can you maybe speak to how valuable he was to that to that success at east well i'm telling you right now maplewood's about to get a headache a big <laughs> headache so uh and i don't have to worry about it no more so i'm extremely i don't have to score 40 points a week so i'm i feel good but no seriously <laughs> I, I told him I, I told him i was gonna take a shot at him uh, that's been one of my best friends for, since we was five years old. And uh, they're getting a great coach, a selfless guy. Uh, coach Simpson's been in the background of what we've been doing, and I'm trying to get him to understand. He's the backbone of what, we, what we've what we accomplished. Defense has been one of the best defenses around here for the last two or three years. Uh, he's very, very helpful. He's the guy that if it needs to be done, he's going to get it done. He's the guy that he's like, hey, Jamal, you do that part, I'll do this part. So, you know, I'm handling the logistics. He's handling the, the, the grind work, you know. He's the one that picks up my slack. He helps me more than anybody. So it's going to be hard to replace him, but they're, but Maplewood's getting a good coach. He's going to restore He's going to restore the roar over there. He's going to get kids that want to go back to Maplewood. He's going to build that pride up because he works hard. He cares about it. He's a family guy. He's going to have his kids around the program, which I think is very important. You get to spend more time with your kids, but your kids also see what you like to do when you have passion about. So, you know, he's going to do he's going to do exactly what they need him to do is restore what the old days of Maplewood when they used to be very, very successful. So great coach, great friend, great role model for kids, uh, hard worker, smart. And he's one of them guys that, you know, he's going to find a way. So and I believe Maplewood's going to want to trend up in the next couple of years. 
to shift gears back over to Centennial, Jamal, I was looking at their roster and a lot of the the top players from this past year when they won eight games, you know, they were sophomores or juniors, uh, players that are, you know, slated to be coming back this year. I know there's a, a transfer quarterback from Columbia Academy, Alicia Nieves, coming in as well. Um, have you had a chance to get a, a feel for the returning talent at all, even if it's just from a distance? And if so, what do you kind of make of the roster they've got right now? Just from the, just from really from a distance, really. I mean, I've uh, social media wise spoke with them, but you know, you got to go through the proper proper protocols to get certified and things. Excuse me, not certified, but get cleared to do coaching wise activities and things like that. So until that's cleared, I can't do anything coaching related. But uh, just reaching out, talking to them, having a conversation, watching film. I mean, it's exciting. Like I said, we got some guys that can light up the scoreboard. Quarterback is amazing, but we also, like I told them before. All that was nice, but, you know, you're going to have to start from square one. Like, nobody has a starting position. we got to work. And um, we're replacing the whole offensive line, who is which, which is key to success. That's been why we've been successful here. My offensive line coach, uh, Joshua Southall, man, he's put in blood, sweat, and tears with those big guys, and he's got them developed here, and he's going to have to do the same thing in Centennial. And, I, and that's why I, I preach the importance of that, you know. So, um they got they have the tools to be successful and i think they have the heart and the drive to be successful but we got to put the right people around them to coach them up and we got uh i have my wide receiver coach jordan smith coming with me as well so he's excited because he's seen the roster of who's returning so he has some quality kids and you know coach parks has been doing a good job keeping me in the loop of you know workouts because they're still continuing 6 6 a.m workouts while i'm still in east nashville but the kids are working hard uh, I encourage them to play other sports. So if they're playing other sports, that's fine as well. They just got to understand when it's time to go football time, got to go. But uh, we have the right type of kids. Um, and all I, all I need is effort, effort, attitude, and grades. Those are three things I preached yesterday. You control your effort, your attitude, and grades. I mean, you control your grades if you want to go to the next level. But if you can give me effort and attitude, man, we can make some spark and have some positive rolling. Yeah, of course, Jamal, uh, believe correct me if i'm wrong guy you're a guy with a, an offensive line background and um those guys also just end up making great offensive minds and i know you're a big x's and o's guy i, I see on twitter communicating with a lot of coaches uh just talking scheme and talking plays uh, when it comes to your your offensive philosophy is there something you lean on with offense uh that you like to keep consistent with the offenses you coach kind of regardless of personnel or do you just enjoy tailoring what you have to the players you have uh that's the biggest thing with coaching you got to make the adjustments with your kids uh we're going to go out there we're going to be gap scheme we're going to run the ball downhill we're going to get the ball in space to our athletes i mean that's just what i like to do uh quarterback from films you know he the transfer quarterback he does he looks good on film and all that but we're going to make the adjustments to the kids you know so we're going to run downhill i'm a power counter guy but, uh, you know, we're going to get the ball in space, we're going to take shots and things like that. All that's nice on paper, but we got to make sure our kids can really, like, really do it. So the best thing about it is, like, the two guys that I mentioned, they know me like the back of their hand. So, I mean, while I slide away and probably coach quarterbacks or mesh with the running backs, things like that, I know we're still rolling with the offensive line and the wide receiver position. So, I mean, we're going to spread it out some, too, and things like that. But we're just going to do what best fits us. And like I said, a physical demeanor is what I'm all about. I like physical um, downhill football. That's what I like to do. So we're going to try to bring that to Centennial and see where, we, where it takes us. 
And Centennial is dropping down from Class 6A to Class 5A starting this season. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, though. I know you guys are going to be in a region with Hills- Hillsborough, uh, Nolensville, Page, and some others. Uh, teams and coaches I know you're familiar with. But um, what do you make of that competition you guys are walking into? Oh, those, they're, great co- they're great coaches, great teams. Like I said, we scrimmage Nolensville every year. They're well coached. Coach Derrick does a great job with his guys. And like I said, they're going to be smart, sound, and physical. And like I said, that's why we scrimmage them every year. And then, you you know, I've never played against Paige, but I know their coach does a great job. He finds weaknesses and he, he exploits them. And then, like I said, they got some kids that make plays for them. And then Coach Brown last year, he they, he's always prepared his kids. Uh, you know, that was a tough game for us. I, I still believe he has my playbook because it was it was a, it was a rough <laughs> day that day. <laughs> it was a rough day that day. But that's, I mean, like I said, that's, that's a good friend of mine, man. We've been best friends for a while, and we work together at Hillsboro. So he knows what I like to do, and he's – He's a great coach. And, you know, last year he had a lot of injuries. So, you know, some of them guys coming back, some of them guys graduated, but he's going to be, it's still going to be a, a, a hard fought football game. And he can coach his butt off, and so can the other guys. And I'm not even going to look past James Lawson. They got a great coach, too. Uh, you know, so it's just developing, you know. And then Coach K left a good schedule. So even even our non our region games, our non district games are very tough. You got, got, you got Brentwood, uh, Summit, Franklin. Things like that. So it's good Williamson County football. So the guys are going to be prepared for playoff time. But still, at the end of the day, you got to be ready to grind it out and and do what you do because every Friday night is going to be a battle. Jamal, you might consider uh, writing a fake playbook and leaving it on the Hillsborough <laughs> sideline next time you scrimmage or play them and just see uh, see if that changes anything there. Uh, you you Last thing before we get you out, you kind of – hinted at this uh about the play calling so you're going to hand off the play calling to somebody else did you did you ever consider calling the plays and uh how much other thought have you put into the staff you want to build oh i'm i have a lot of people uh, that's been reaching out that's excited about it but at the end of the day i told them i tell them all the time you know gotta make sure you can fit in our school building and get in where you where you fit in as far as your teaching job because that's the most important job that's the job that's the chick that takes care of the family so and I just told them, just just give me some time. Let me give my admin and let them know, you know, what they have available. Uh, no, I am going to continue to call the plays uh, okay. offensively. But uh, like I said, those two guys that I bring, I, I mean, I feel like I can kind of hand it off to either one of them. And Coach South knows the run game. Coach Smith knows the passing game. And they work well together. I tell, I, they, I feel like they talk talk about running it behind my back all the time because they, they'll start talking about something. I was like, I was in that group three. Like, you know, so <laughs> – so, you know, they do, but they, they take their job serious and they're both great coaches and they know what I like to do. And then they have their own twist on it. So, uh, you know, so we're in the, we're in the process of still filling a lot of those spots. Got some guys interested in being D coordinator that I'm good friends with. And once again, I'm just trying to make the right hire and make it fit for them in the school day. So, I mean, we got time. I got a quality defensive back coach coming with me, Demetrius Garrett. He, he actually coached at Independence a couple of years back with Blade, played at Navy and Tennessee Tech. So, Coach Miller is going to come handle the younger guys with me and probably the running backs, who's, who was also at East Nashville. So, and I'm like I said, Coach Parks and Coach Eddings that's already at Centennial. I'm going to keep them on so far because I've already spoke with them. So, I mean, we got a quality staff so far. I mean, we're 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 almost there, but a, a, a couple more key hires and we'll be okay. Well, it sounds like between the continuity on the staff and the returning players, you guys are uh, set up well for this season, Jamal. So congratulations again on, on landing that job, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing how this how this all shakes out over the summer and the fall. I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited and can't wait to go. Appreciate it, Jamal.
All right. That has been former East Nashville coach uh, and current now Centennial coach. He was coming to us from uh, the East Nashville building there in a Centennial pullover. So it kind of shows you what, what that transition is like for him. But uh, that's Jamal Stewart. We appreciate his time. Uh, we're going to take a break now and then come back with some spring sports talk afterwards. So stick around for that. drinks i'm good i thought it was good after every game we always have a few it's no big deal it was no big deal hey i can hold my liquor i thought i could hold my liquor it's just a few cocktails at happy hour it was just a few cocktails at happy hour. <laughs> you really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I need you to hang out, okay? On last week's show, we pretty much wrapped up basketball season, so now it is on to spring sports, baseball, softball, soccer, tennis, track and field, all getting going over these past few weeks. We're going to talk about some of that today, some things to look for, some, some maybe some contenders to, to look out for. But Tyler, let's, let's start with baseball. Um, just tons of talent here in Middle Tennessee. The amount of really baseball and softball, the amount of college commitments is um, – staggering when you when you look down the list and the amount of power five commitments too is pretty impressive but um i got to see my first baseball game yesterday so that was that was fun but yeah um, that's always the sometimes that's the coldest even when you think about football in the 20 degree weather that we see sometimes sometimes it's the baseball games in march and april <laughs> where it's 40 at night i don't know what it is those are just sometimes the coldest games you're at but uh yeah what did you make of that game yesterday lipscomb nba obviously a key uh, game in their league um but then two two star pitchers on the mound and, and a really good finish yeah if it had been 40 degrees i don't think i would have gone but fortunately the sun was out uh maybe in the 50s so that was doable great game a great high school baseball game i mean you've got two of the best pitchers around going at it on one side miller green for lipscomb academy christian Lim for nba of course, Green's going to Georgia Tech as a two-way player. Lim is going to Stanford uh, as a as a pitcher, both left-handers. Um, they're both still kind of getting going, I think, so neither finished the game. Um, I think maybe if this matchup happens again in the playoffs or later in the year, that would be even even more electric. But as it was, it was, it was a pretty good battle. Uh, Lim went five scores innings, only two hits, ten strikeouts, and three walks. Uh, Green went six and two-thirds. I think he reached his pitch count. Right, right there at the uh, the end of the seventh inning because he still had a no hitter when he when he went out, but did allow a couple of runs. I think one of which was unearned. Kind of some fluky stuff happened with the drop third strike and a pass ball, um, and he didn't give up any walks either and struck out thirteen. So j- just about a perfect outing from him too. Um, and there was a, a big crowd, a big crowd, excuse me, of MLB scouts on hand um, for that one, clocking both those pitchers. So that was pretty neat. And then, of course, Lipscomb pulled it out in the last inning. And I think both teams had an easier time once the starters were out. 
uh, of kind of finding some offense. So Lips completed three in the bottom of the seventh, finished it off with Bryant Loving walking it off with a single. So great game. Had Kind of had a little bit of everything, and uh, I didn't freeze too badly. So it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. That's um, well, when you look at Miller Green, it seems like we've been talking about him for 10 years. Uh, even when he was a sophomore, he was – he stood in stature, kind of like a, a senior or a college freshman, and you know, just really already had his head about him. He's just he seemed like a really mature kid. So interesting to see him reach his final year. And even when you look around the area, I mean, just the total talent here. Uh, it's there's a lot of really good players. I mean, um, I don't. Let's maybe start at Good Pasture. That was one of the most dominant teams in the area last year, Russell. I know that's a team you've covered pretty extensively when I, I me personally when I look at I know they've got a lot of talent but when I look at maybe the most intriguing thing to me personally is a uh, Logan Harrell the switch hitting catcher who also pitches and had a had a 0.63 ERA last year uh they've got guys like that and they've got guys heading to 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 power uh, to power five schools um looks like they're just ready to reload yeah, like you said, it's kind of a perfect mix of talent, some of that top end kind of high level prospects, but then also some just really good high school baseball players that, you know, may or may not um, have have huge aspirations there at the next level. But I think at one point last year, Tyler, 15 or 16 of the 30 guys they had on their team were either committed or signed by the college. And I, I don't have the latest count on that, but I believe it's close to 50 percent of the roster is, um, you know, committed somewhere, at least has prospects or offers of playing somewhere. So that's pretty, pretty uh, phenomenal there. Um, especially at a smaller school, but yeah, they've got Logan Harrell. They've got a good pitching staff of uh, Connor Martin, Luke Payne. He's going to Tennessee. And then of course you've got Carson Rucker, who was our main street preps player of the year last year. Um, hit close to 600, I believe. And uh, of course the younger brother of Jake Rucker, who had all, a successful career at Tennessee and went on to the uh, Minnesota twins organization where I think he's either in single a or, or double a this year. So um yeah, they're they're loaded. And I believe they are uh, eight and two as of today. They split with Clarksville Academy to start this week. So I think maybe Clarksville Academy is another team you need to watch out for because they've got DJ Merriweather, who's uh, you know, we we know about him well from football season as a Mister Football guy from basketball season, and now uh, baseball might even be his best sport. So um, should be a competitive private school um, playoff bracket there. Good pasture, Clarksville Academy, uh, clashing, uh, no, no big surprise as we, we saw in basketball, um, another nice little rivalry there. Uh, and man, I mean, keep going down the line. I'm thinking about some, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Eagleville went 37 and two last year, uh, won, won a state title, uh, uh, that, that program's got a Braden Baker back at pitcher. He had a 0.96 ERA. Uh, no, you need more than, than that, but certainly to have your, your, your main day one starter back is huge. Um, and then at Nolansville, uh, Ethan McElwain's going to have a decision at the end of the year, whether he wants to go to the professional, uh, you know, play professional baseball or go to Vanderbilt. So that that's going to be a fun guy to watch and, and his uh, this year. And certainly I know there's some Vanderbilt baseball fans that are maybe crossing their fingers that he would like to, to go play one year in college first, which is, something a lot of guys are choosing now the with more you see more college baseball guys in the draft uh than you used to uh which is a great thing for college baseball and hopefully it's a good thing for players too but yeah it's a there's just a ton of great talent down the board on the baseball side of things and then you know softball as well uh 
you know, two state champions this area had last year, Eagleville, Columbia Academy. Um, you know, the thing that stands out to me is that the, the SEC commitments in the Williamson County, kind of Murray County corridor there, Ryan Brown at Independence going to Texas uh, at, you know, at lat- midweek last week, uh, somewhere around there, already had nine home runs this season. Uh, Lauren Johnson going to Bama. Um, I still marvel at the stat that she struck out only four times last season. And, uh, you know, Savia Morgan at Columbia Academy, uh, of course, going to Tennessee, batted 735 last year. I mean, that's as as Innsworth's uh, star guard, Jelani Cambridge, said the state tournament, I'm going to start using this. That That is no joke. That is some serious business when you're talking about some of those stats, it's certainly from those three players. Um, and you see the 60 stolen bases for her, too. I mean, that is not only yeah. can you not get her out, but then if, if she gets on the bases, you can pretty much say goodnight because she's going to end up coming around to score mm-hmm. <laughs> sooner rather than later. Right. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, right. uh, it, it is interesting, Tyler. It seems like um, especially some some of the best players are actually on the outskirts, like kind of outlying areas around Nashville. You've got uh, Ashton Danley uh, down at Huntland, helped them to a runner-up finish. Uh, Eagleville actually won that that championship, but she was phenomenal. She had a, over 200 strikeouts, uh, 0.41 ERA, going to Florida State, which is obviously another premier college softball program. Um. Another Williamson County name, too. It's not Power 5, but Ryland Smith. Of course, we've written on her several times, one of the mm-hmm. best pitchers around um, heading to, to Western Kentucky. So, um, yeah, I'd have to think Eagleville is probably right there as a contender again, too. They've got a lot of their best players back. Addison Linton and the two uh, Bain sisters, Brindley and, and Bella, are both back. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's probably a lot of the usual customers there in softball. Summer Towns, maybe another one to keep an eye on, too. Uh, as teams that could emerge as uh, serious serious playoff threats down the line. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's it's safe to say that the 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 biggest talent stockpiles are in baseball and softball. That's that's a lot of that's a pretty deep group. And then you've got players that are just sort of maybe not haven't reached a, a super high profile. But I think about Lexi Vernon, who's got a ton of Division One attention, who just transferred to Franklin from Brentwood Academy. Um, that's that's a player that I mean they're just all over they're kind of at every corner um what uh, of the of the spectrum there um we look at yeah. boys soccer yeah. oh go ahead Russell oh I was just gonna say yeah I mean names just keep emerging it's mm-hmm. freshmen and sophomores come out of nowhere um I know Mount Juliet's got a Vanderbilt commitment Rowan Pet uh Petrica hope I'm saying that right uh threw a no hitter the other day so that's another name to keep an eye on in baseball but yeah I mean it, it is pretty phenomenal how somebody can come in as a freshman or sophomore and be, be as dominant, you know, dominate kids that are two or three years older than, and then do that for three or four years to the point where like, is that person still in high school? <laughs> is Miller green still at Lipscomb Academy? Yep. He is at least for a couple more months. Yeah. And I'm, I was just racking my brain at young talent too, that we talk about power five commitments and maybe power, maybe players that are on power five radars, uh, Bailey Shepard at DCA, really good young pitcher who is just getting going. So, uh, can't can't necessarily rattle them all off, but um, there are there are definitely a lot of them around. And I'm gonna kind of trans uh, transition to to boys soccer here. As I was putting together my notes, I, I thought off the top of my head, it, maybe the the most fun story last year was Brentwood's championship, uh, winning that state title over Bearden, which everybody kind of thought was a heavy favorite. And I as I was thinking about all the talent that uh, the Bruins turned over. 
they're five and zero this year, or you know already, and there there are some good players back. Uh, Thomas Fields at, at goalkeeper, eleven shutouts last year, and I know last season that that coaching staff was really excited about Jack Boring, uh, mid- midfielder, who had nine goals and, and ten assists last year. So I, I probably just need to check myself when I think about Brentwood taking a step back because that that's a coaching staff and a program that just gets players ready and um, and sort of just develops its younger players really well. And I think you look in this inside kind of the city limits here, uh, you know, obviously father Ryan's going to be in the mix uh, in D2 double a and sort of backtracking out to Williamson County. Grace Christian always has a good team and, and they've also got a great coaching staff, but within the city limits, I kind of uh, thought about, you know, MLK has had a, a program that's been knocking on the door at the state tournament and returned some some good offensive players. Bennett Spencer, uh, the returning District 10 AA MVP, uh, had five goals and two assists as a center mid- midfielder last year. Robbie Lane had eight goals and 11 assists. Uh, they've they've got some good players back, the Royals do, uh, and a team they're, they're probably going to match up with uh, at Valor Prep. You know, last year's state runner-up uh, has some talent back as well. Mitchell York. Uh, nine shutouts last season, um, 24 in his career as a at goalkeeper. Uh, and and uh, Jad Rahm, defensive specialist type guy, which you really need uh, in addition to just goal scores. Uh, he was he was a District 10 AA player of the year last season. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see how the teams in the city uh, or within kind of the city limits in Nashville do in that AA division. So for more on all three of these sports, you can check out MainStreetPreps.com. We've got player watch lists for baseball, softball, and soccer already up. Uh, track and field and tennis will be forthcoming later this week. And uh, spring sports cover- coverage from all of our area guys as well, as you can find it there from Robertson, Sumner, Murray, uh, Murray um, Wilson, just all over the place. We've, we've got it covered. So check it out. Thanks for tuning in. We are all out of time. Uh, so we will see you back here next time on Main Street Preps this week.